0: Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast, where you learn what you need to know about how the world wants to work. And now your host, coworking space owner and trend expert, Jamie Russo. Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast. This is your host, Jamie Russo. My guest today is Ann Long, and I think I neglected to give her a proper introduction when I kicked off the podcast, so I want to make sure I do that. Anne is the founder of Burbity Workspaces, and her first location was Liberty Lake Co-working in Liberty Lake, Washington, which is near Spokane, Washington. She now has an umbrella brand under Burberry. So if you go to burbati.com, you will see that she has three locations up and running. She's working on a fourth location. And you're going to find Anne's story very inspirational because Anne started with 4,300 square feet in January of 2020. So terrible timing, but she survived. And she has now, so that first location was a lease. And then she did a management agreement with her landlord and then did a marketing agreement with her landlord and now is working with a second landlord that is in a nearby town on 28,000 square feet of flex and co-working and then 12,000 feet of co-warehousing. So she shares a little bit about her journey, about her evolution in terms of you know lease to management agreement what her team looks like, what her business models look like with each of those locations, how she drives her leads, a little bit about her tech stack. I had a lot more questions for Anne, but we ran out of time. So I hope that Anne will come back. I also mentioned in our conversation, Anne works with us on the Everything Coworking team. She hosts some of our community manager university calls, which I am super grateful for because she does not have a lot of time. So we have to get those books well in advance. She does um, those Q&A calls and she'll sometimes host our flight group calls and do some other things. So we appreciate Anne and I've been wanting to tell Anne's story for a while. So I'm super thankful that she made time to do this. She has a lot going on. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Anne. Welcome. I am here today with Ann Long. Anne is the founder of Burbity Workspaces and some brands underneath that umbrella brand, and you can walk us through that. Her first, I think her first space was Liberty Lake Coworking in Spokane, Washington. And thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jamie. It's great to be here with you. Um, Yes. So this is dual purpose because you have so much going on that I've been like, I need to understand what Anna's working on. So I'm going to rope her into doing a podcast episode so that we can catch up and everyone else can hear. Even our little pre-chat, I thought we should be recording because I think people are, you know, People love to be a fly on the wall in terms of what everybody else is trying to figure out. So absolutely. That's how we all learn. I know. Um, so Ann, I want to hear your story because you are like moving and shaking. But I first have to say I I first met you. We've not met in person, but we're about to. Yay.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. in about 20 have to, days, I think. I know. Like I have that. to
0: do my post. The the juicy team has been sending me my promo template. So We'll get to see each other in Washington. So how far are you from Seattle? Um, we're in Spokane. It's about a four and a half hour drive. Oh, okay. It's not super yeah. close. That's where, why you were like, drive, fly. So we're going to meet. But Ann, we met like two years ago. Was it two years ago? I hosted I so. a workshop at the end of the year, and Anne had this fancy um, like Trello board that I was very impressed with. <laughs> and she asked because she's like, "I don't think that was even a thing." But for whatever, I w- I was like, Anne was on my radar screen. So Anne does oh, some so coaching funny. calls for us. She jumps into our community manager university group, and that group is on fire these days. So those
1: hey. Q and A calls hey.
0: are, are like. You're not even getting through all the questions, right? That's what was happening to me. No, they are amazing. They are an amazing group of people. Love it. So fun. I often think, you know, for people who are having a hard time hiring, I wish they could just get some inspiration and some optimism from listening to that group because it's such an engaged group and they're... All over it. So yes. Yeah, so Anne, thank you for doing that. And sometimes you run our flight group calls. So Anne's um, been jumping into the everything co working team, which we really appreciate. Which is the other reason I wanted to have you on the podcast. And like people need to know Anne's story. Okay. Uh-huh. So speaking of your story, tell us your co working story. How did a little bit of your kind of professional background and and how you how you got into co working? Well, I
1: come from the airline industry, and I was there for a very long time, dec- couple of decades. But I left the cor- my corporate job, um, which was a sales position that I was in for about uh, 12 years and started my own entrepreneur or my own consulting business as a customer experience strategist. And I thought, oh, I just wish I had my own space to host my clients. That would be so awesome. People aren't very candid during our conversations mm-hmm. when we're in their office space. And, and. There there must be the walls are just, listening,
0: like that right, kind of the thing. The walls are <laughs>
1: listening, exactly. Um, even the owners are, you know, I really can't really say because so and so can hear what's happening. So experimented with working in co-working spaces, which I'd never heard of before. I was, you know, in the corporate world that was not in my realm of things. <laughs> and I tried a few throughout the country and loved them. I love the energy. I love the decor. I love the productivity that I had. I had worked from home for many years, 10 plus years. Oh, wow. And my productivity just skyrocketed. My focus time skyrocketed. And I got to meet new people, which was amazing. And I just loved everything about it. So I thought maybe I should have a (laughs) co-working space. And I'll just do my, my consulting on the side or both. You know, I could do both. No, no, no. We must focus on consulting, we must focus on that business. So I did. And about a year later, it just kept bubbling up and the co-working thing. And so I said to my husband, you know, let's just can we let's just do it. It'll be let's do it. So we did. And we focused on Liberty Lake because it's a hotbed of entrepreneurs and remote workers. At and now this is all prior to COVID. And young families. That was the other target. We needed a um and my avatar at the time was graphic designers and software engineers. That's who I wanted in this space. Okay. And that was all that there was a lot of those in Liberty Lake. So we found a 4,600 square foot space and we did a lease and we had built out 12 offices. We have six dedicated desks and then we had flex space there, about eight flex desks. So that's how it all started. That's where we started, and we opened our doors
0: in January of 2020. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I always, I, so many people have that story. I feel like, wow, mm-hmm. I forgot that that was your story. Okay, was, is your husband actively involved in the business? He is. is. He, he's okay. actively involved. He actually runs
1: Liberty Lake now that I have opened another location, and um, so we kind of run it together, but he, he's there every day. Okay.
0: Okay. He's it. okay. We'll have to talk about that later. Is that, well, now you're in different locations. That might be kind of ideal. So it's not like you're hanging out all day, every day. Yeah. The, the yeah. best of both worlds. So I feel like most people who take 4,000 square feet on their first try do not know to do the product mix that you did. How did you oh. decide to do that? Um, I'm not, well, It's all a blur,
1: but (laughs) it it is kind of a little bit of a blur, to be honest. However, Jamie, I will tell you, I listened to your podcast day and night, day and night, (laughs) um, literally. And that gave me a lot of fuel, a lot of fuel. And it just helped so much by hearing other people's stories of what worked for them and what didn't work. So thank you, Jamie, (laughs) for, for your inspiration and your help along the way.
0: And to everyone like you, who's willing to share their story. Right.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. I'm very scrappy, which I think, you know, now, Um, but so I, I laid it all out myself. The TIs the the landlord actually paid for the TIs. I had to pay, I think five grand. That was it. Wow. Um, And then he paid for everything else, which was awesome.
0: That helped a lot. Was it from shell or was it a, like, was it a fresh build out or did you kind of work with a second gen space?
1: I did work with a second gen space. It was an open concept space. They had some offices already okay. in the perimeter, and they also had two conference rooms, which we, or one conference room that we kept. So there was quite a bit that we were able to work with, but we added, I don't remember exactly how many offices. I want to say eight offices to the existing, and otherwise it had been all been open. So that worked real, real well. I will say that my, probably, I still had too much flex space in it. Now, knowing now what I know, um, flex space for us is just not a moneymaker. Do you think in my pro the forma, market had, or the
0: folks that you attract, what about your software engineers and your designers?
1: I have in my space every day, I probably have about three flex space people on average, and that's probably been, that's been pretty consistent since we opened. So initially I had, I think, 12 seats open in there. We've recently reconfigured it. So I think we're down to four flex spaces. And then we have two pods that I can get monthly rent
0: on now. So that
1: that's helped too.
0: Wait, what does the pod look like? It's
1: kind of a micro office. I believe it's about seven by eight and it has
0: this from someone. Was this a scrappy story?
1: No, this one I actually bought. Okay. New. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did buy that new It's a trend from trend wall. Okay. And they are eight foot walls with glass open top, uh, lockable doors. Okay.
0: But you're, you're selling it.
1: We sold them. And the open top is fine. It is fine. I'm not, I have not gotten any complaints. I'm not one hundred percent happy with the open top. i'm I've got bids out now
0: for sound masking, oh, got it, which is expensive <laughs> to install. So, yeah, but I feel like that's good because you've been debating the open top. You had to try it. Had to
1: try it. yeah. And then the Liberty Lake location, we have concrete walls or sorry, concrete floor, yeah, and metal roof. So it's more of an issue, whereas, which we'll get into in a little bit, the second location has batting in the roof.
0: So that helps a lot. Oh, a ton. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The concrete and metal is a tough acoustic Mm -hmm. challenge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how did you, so during COVID, what was your occupancy like during COVID?
1: So we opened in January and at that time, I think we had two or I don't even remember, Jamie, it is a blur, but yeah. I want to say we had four office, office offices occupied. I lost two and I did have one flex person that just kept coming in. So basically there was four of us in the office for a year. <laughs> yeah. We hung on and we now we've been full for about
0: a year and a half. All yeah, of our offices was, have been full. You're yeah. full on the offices, yeah. And your pods. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So in that year, while you've been recovering from a very challenging year, you have a lot of new projects going on. Walk us through them. How did they happen Opportunities? What you're thinking? Size? You know, model? All the things. <clears throat> so the
1: um, the owner of the building I'm in uh, at Liberty Lake approached me in January before covid and said hey i really want to like talk to you about an opportunity about working together i'm sorry this is not january before covid it was a january after so 2021 i guess yeah okay and the location he was talking about was a plug and play location of a building that he owned 6 minutes from liberty lake my location in liberty lake so i was not really hot on the idea um but the space, we tour, I toured the space with him and it was gorgeous. It was plug and play. I think I told you about it when I was so excited when I first saw it. And after a long time of going back and forth and figuring this all out, we decided to go for it. So we opened that location in December of last year. And it was a long process of trying to get things ironed out and what we're going to do and are we going to do this? and. We danced for a very long time, but um, it's going well now. So that we decided to put um, the plug and play place, what is 16,000 square feet. This is our six, this is our second location, right? So obviously much larger than Liberty Lake. And we have 13 offices there. And then we were trying to figure out how are we going to add more offices? is this going to go? Is this going to work? Whatever. So we added 21 pods. Again, this is like a cubicle on steroids, eight foot walls, lockable doors, beautiful. What's that? And these don't have tops and no top. Yeah. Okay. And we put 21 of those in. We just finished those about a month ago. Um, and we've have nine left. So they're going quite, quite quickly. Um, all of our offices sold out in within three weeks
0: of opening. Awesome.
1: So we got really lucky. I think I pre-sold maybe three offices before we opened. And um,
0: once you were officially open. It yeah, just, they just got yeah. quick. So, so this space, when you say plug and play, is it was 16,000 feet, the whole space, or was it a bigger it was bigger. Yeah, It is bigger. Okay. <clears throat> it's actually 30,000 square feet. The whole suite is, but we haven't,
1: the owner hasn't divided that last, that other 15, whatever, 14,000 square feet out yet. So it's, you can still see it. If you're in our space, you can still see all that empty space back there, but they're negotiating a lease now with a completely different yeah. tenant okay. in that
0: space. So yeah, so 30, 30, I remember 30,000, you're like, that's a lot of space mm-hmm. in Liberty mm-hmm. Lake. So the plug and play. There was a company in there that just left furniture. They were
1: a COVID everything. casualty. Yeah. yeah, it was awful. Hard, hard, hard to see them, and but they left. And the cool thing. I mean, yeah, I shouldn't say that. They left everything. They left the furniture. They left the chairs. They didn't leave the artwork, or and they but they left refrigerators. So they went bankrupt, and after we go through the whole bankruptcy thing, and then the. Anyway, the owner ended up buying it from the bankruptcy attorney. Okay, all that all that furniture for not a lot of money. Yeah. which was good. Wow. So um, the only thing we really had to do is put artwork and soft seating, and that's about it. And the pots.
0: So the existing offices, it sounds like they worked well. Were they larger than you wanted to be? Sometimes a lot, or oftentimes, the challenge with second gen space is you get. You know, a four person office that you really wish was one to two, but do you want to spend money to make it smaller? So, what, yeah, how did that work in that space? Mm-hmm.
1: The offices that were pre built were um, eight by 10, 10 by oh. 10, and
0: 10 by 12.
1: Wow. Yeah. So that was really cool. Then we had one other office that I called a team suite, and it's about, I think it's around 300 square feet, or I don't remember exactly, but. I have it, I have it set up for seven people and I sold it. It's they'll be moving in next month. Awesome. So they also took that company is a, one of these enterprise companies that's shedding their real estate. And they were moved from 45,000 square feet and wanted just a space for people to land when they want to come into the office. And they took four pods and that team suite.
0: Okay. So, Ann, I just Googled the population of Liberty Lake. It says nine thousand eight hundred. Is that right? Probably incorporated, yeah.
1: But are you literally, from? Oh yeah, we're pulling from. We're right, literally three miles from north uh, from the Idaho border. So we're pulling from Post Falls, Idaho, it and Spokane Valley. Which is smaller market. Together.
0: So I wouldn't. Yeah, the whole like I don't know. Is somebody going to take a seven person office? I, I would have been a little like I don't know. Wow. Well, this with the new one. The new locations in Spokane Valley. Okay. the
1: second location. So, okay. which it like, again, is like six minutes from Liberty Lake. Yep. So I know I was thinking
0: who's going to take this. So. Okay. A hundred thousand roughly. So bigger. Yep. Yeah. Spokane Valley is bigger for sure. Yep.
1: And the Spokane Metro area, it's like 280,000 ish.
0: Yeah. So. So, um, this relationship is on a management agreement with a landlord. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whatever. And it took you over a year to get that one done. Eight months. And you knew each other. <laughs> I remember you're like, yes, okay. This is taking forever, you know, kind of a give and take. And also COVID up and down, probably Oh my
1: gosh. Weren't we all just trying to figure out is what's the right, right. what's the right move, right? What is the right move? We don't know what the right move is. But you know, hindsight's 2020. 20, and now what we've I've discovered now after getting feasibility studies done that. Luckily, we're in a really good spot, and um, we are there's not a lot of flex space in our area. Yeah. so and there's for demand for it.
0: you're seeing people people get it and they understand. so but that brings me to my next question, which is how did you what's your marketing? what are your marketing secrets, Anne? <laughs> how did you fill those offices so quickly? <laughs> I
1: have a phenomenal marketing person that is outsourced, but she's been with us for a year now. And I have wasted a ton of money in my in my life on marketing, putting the money on the wrong things or trying to do it myself. We're or are not alone. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, we all have done that. And yep. I decided, you know what? This is not my lane, and I'm not doing it anymore. And so I looked for somebody that was Google certified and kept up her Google certification because it changes like wow. every 30 days. No, not that often, but it you know their algorithms change and their Platform changes. So she's a local person and she runs all my SEO, all of my Google ads, and my website. And that's my secret having her, you know, and she just does it. I don't have to say she's one person that just makes it happen. And I love that.
0: She knows what needs to get done. And yes. She, yeah. So and did she run ads for the new location? She did. Okay. Mm-hmm. So
1: mm-hmm. that helped
0: to fill the new location. Yeah.
1: As soon as we got Burberry. Established. Everybody, workspace is established. We started the SEO immediately, and I think, and we knew it was going to be Spokane Valley, so um, we knew the location. So she started running those probably in September. Okay, and we opened in December.
0: Ah, uh, okay, got it. Is she responsible for the email opt-in on your homepage? She is. I use that example all the time because oh, I always. You know, in my startup school, the email list building is, I don't know how much it pays off for you, but for some, if you're running a model, I get a lot of folks in the startup school who are running, like they need a high volume of members for their model to work. So, you know, they're going to open a female focus space and they're going to sell a lot of like social memberships. They're going to run a lot of events and they're banking on event revenue and they need to have an email list because you, it's hard to, you can't really sell those on Google because people are not searching for that, right? They're, it's a slightly different model, I would say. So the email list building is super important. So I pull up your website all the time and say, look, here's an example of something that's relevant to a local market. So I don't know how you know, much it pays off for you, but i I love that you do it.
1: We do. And I have a pretty high rate. I don't spam. I don't do it once a week. I don't I do it once a month newsletter or I'll do um, certain campaigns or whatever, you know, maybe not a lot. I really don't do it a lot. And I have a very high. I have a 40, oh, a little over 40 percent open rate, which is, I think, pretty it's, good. Right. It's great.
0: Uh, it's yeah. great.
1: yeah. So um, I'm pretty careful with that list I don't give them a bunch of you're also
0: being consistent with it so you get that email address and then you're being consistent with it which is great Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah for anybody not doing newsletters because I'm a huge fan right you don't have to do it weekly some people do and that works really well with them or for them but even just to do it monthly to your point and I'll link to Ann's website so you can take a look at her her opt-in because I think folks struggle with like what would I use for an opt in? And you just found something that works really well. And we should know it has, it's been up for a while. It's not, you don't feel the pressure to change it all the time. It's working. Right. And you are you referring to burbity.com? Oh, no. Do you follow Oh, no, Liberty Lake. Burbidi.com? Oh, Liberty Lake Coworking. llcoworking.com. Yeah. yeah. Is there a different one on burbity.com? Uh, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, can you talk about, yeah, what's your decision with, oh, is this your updated? is this sort of your, your main website now? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have a, it's your kind of your umbrella brand and now your locations live under it. Right. Got it. So the Sprague, wait, so which one? So Sullivan Valley Commons is the one you're talking about now. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Tell us about the next one.
1: So Sprague um, is a marketing agreement. This is also with the same owner of this. Um, building Ooh, that, okay. at Sullivan Valley Commons. Okay. He wanted to do office space in this wonderful renovated building. Um, it's beautiful. And it's gorgeous. And he needed help trying to market it and figure it all out. And it's purely office space with conference rooms. It doesn't, huh. there is no co working in it. So we have a marketing agreement and it's under the Burbitty brand. And so that's a totally different model than the other two. And we started releasing that one out in July of 2021. And we have one office left. So we're doing good there too.
0: Hey, I want to interrupt this podcast for a quick announcement. We are launching a series for our Everything Coworking members. And some of the series will be open to the public. So the first one is open to everyone listening. It is a new series called How I Did This. And the first event will be three co-working operators demo three CRMs. CRM is customer relationship management. And if you are in business, you may already have a CRM. This is one of the biggest challenges people have is getting one set up, figuring out which one to use. So we've asked three operators to share how their CRMs work for them. Active campaign, HubSpot, and PipeDrive. They're going to pull it up, show it on their screen, and answer all of your questions. The first event is May 25th, which is a Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. We hope that you can join us live. Our members will get the recorded event, but anybody who's not a member should join us live. You can register to join us at everythingcoworking.com forward slash how I did this. We hope to see you there. That's everythingco-working.com forward slash how I did this. So it's not staffed.
1: It's just a self-serve or. It's not. Well, we have a community coordinator over there that she's there a couple days a week. She's the point of contact. And the agreement there is that she gets a reduced, significantly reduced rate on her rent. She works a, there. And she works there and her office is there. Yeah, it works really, really good. So if we have new members coming in, she can welcome
0: them and get them set up with their. So she has her own separate business. She has her own separate business. You've contracted her to do this role. I think people talk about this all the time, like how to manage that. Is it an ambassador? Is it right? Do I have a member who would actually be interested in this? How did you identify her? Did you post for the role or did you approach her? I did not.
1: I know her. I've known her for a very long time. And she just approached me and said, what what would you think? And I said, I think that's a great idea. Let's give it a whirl. So that's how how it went down. And she was a flex space member at Liberty Lake. Okay, And this location is much closer to her house. And she gets her own office away right. from her family.
0: <laughs> she loves it. It's perfect yeah. for her. And yeah, so definitely. her expense is covered in your marketing agreement. Mm-hmm. So you call it a marketing agreement because he built, did he build it and design and design it? So you're really kind of selling it and lightly managing.
1: I'm not really managing it too okay. much. Tara's really <laughs> managing it. I, Tara, sell, yeah. it.
0: I yeah. sell it. Okay. I sell it and market it for him. Okay. Interesting. And like, yeah. Okay. So... Tell me a little bit about the model in the uh, Spokane Valley location. It was already built out, so that's an interesting partnership opportunity because you're not negotiating. Although you had to add the pods and, yeah. So what is that? I mean, you don't have to you know spill all the beans, but what's the general structure there?
1: It's a management agreement, and it was my first management agreement, and you know, it's going to work out fine. I knew going into it, it's a profit share. I don't get a management fee. And that part was negotiated. And hindsight's 2020. I probably would have done a little differently, but it's going to work out fine. I'm just not going to get paid as quickly as I would have going in the other Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. But, but my percentage is better. Okay. So there's that.
0: It's tricky. It's hard to know and there are a lot of like levers to pull.
1: Right. And he has put a lot of money into this space. Right. And he wanted some skin in the game and I get it. I totally understand
0: that. So, but you didn't did you pay did you put anything in for no. nothing, right? Nothing. So you, it's all my time yeah. and my
1: energy and my, you know, a lot of time. Like I work a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm always there 7 days a week.
0: Okay. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, <Uh-oh. laughs> yeah. We're we're trying to get that dialed back right now, but yeah. So you're managing that space. You haven't hired a community manager. I do. I have a I have a community manager there okay. also. Okay. Yeah,
1: she's full time, and that helps tremendously. That's been she's been a godsend.
0: Okay. So, awesome. Okay, and then you have another new project in the works. We have another new project at the beginning the of the call. I was like, Ann, are you staying sane? Because this is all like. Within the last year, roughly. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I can never keep it straight. Every time I'm on a call with you, I'm like, okay, so which one is this? That's why I'm taking notes. So I. <laughs> it's,
1: it's a little crazy, but the next one that we're going to open up in next year, it is 28,000 square feet in co-working slash event space, and then we have an additional approximately 12,000 square feet for co warehousing. So we're excited about that one. That's going to be a totally different model. I mean, it's going to be a management agreement. So the model, Mm -hmm. the model is going to be different than the one I have right now, for sure. But it's a total, it's a new build out. It's an existing building, but taking it down to the studs and starting over in the co in the office
0: space. Different landlord, different landlord, different partner. How did you connect with, so the first landlord was your landlord that you signed a lease with, which I feel like is sort of the easiest, you know, you are in our management agreement course. And I feel like for the folks like actively working on projects, it tends to be a landlord that they knew versus kind of hunting for another landlord. So how did you connect with the second landlord?
1: I reached out to him. I saw an article in the business journal about this property that they recently purchased and I thought what have I got to lose I I I knew I wanted to have another co-working space on the north north side of Spokane and also on the south side of Spokane this location is not either one of those however (laughs) I had a couple of other signs pointing me to that location instead so I listened to those and that very next day I saw this article in the newspaper about this new location and that they had just purchased it and they didn't know what they were going to do with it. So reached out to the owner and played a little game with myself and just put a little sticky note on my computer, ha ha ha, you know, I reached out to him. He has no idea who I am and got to the gatekeeper and told her what I wanted and what I wanted to talk to him about. And I put my little note on my sticky pad saying, okay, two weeks later you call back and just be persistent. But what happened was she call, he called me back the very next day. And said, I want to talk to you, and but I'm going to have you talk to my CEO. So we set up the meeting the very next week, and he came out to see the space at Liberty Lake. This is before we opened our Sullivan location and loved it. He loved it. The CEO did. And we had a couple more meetings, and then he brought in the guy, the, the owner, and I had a present... Pitched in my presentation, and he said, "I'm in." I said, "Okay, that sounds great."
0: <laughs> All right, now what? <laughs> so, Do you, so you see, it seems like you have some maybe slight regrets about the deal you negotiated on the first one and the eighteen months it took to get there. But did that contribute to you having sort of the confidence to have these conversations? Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Just like anything, right?
0: Yeah, get the first one done. I mean, even right. your first, you know, you leased the first. Base, right, prove the model, and then learn from that. Okay, so did you pitch the co warehousing, or did that come from your I conversation? Did. No, okay. I did. Yeah,
1: mm. I poached. I pitched both, and you know, showed him the differences. What it would cost, you know, what he could make in the space for if he was to get rent, yeah, and what he could get if he was to do a management deal, and showed him the the long term difference in what the revenue would be for them, and that sold him.
0: Show me the money. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's been a telling a story, a,
0: though. I think that's super important. Yeah, it was I mean, a great, yeah, yeah,
1: and it was. You know, it's a lo- it's a process. You don't know what you. The thing is, you don't know these. I didn't know them, yeah. right?
0: I didn't. Right. know What's important work. to I them? What, what do they want? What are they thinking about for the right? space? How does yeah. their
1: processes work? How do how do do they go in front of a board to make all these decisions? I don't know all those answers, yeah. and so it was a little bit going into the dark, but you know, we're now, so that was July that we started that. And now we're here in April. So I'm learning a lot about them. And now we've got a cadence of our meetings. We meet every couple weeks and talk about the project and it's a process. It's a long process. You can't get impatient. I I tend to get a little impatient sometimes, but
0: I was going (laughs) to say the the typical entrepreneur, right? Like, no, let's go now. And then you feel like you're behind. No, I thought I would have this by now you know my five locations and you know be riding off into the sunset and nope
1: right and then you nope. get attorneys involved and you have to have them review things and then that takes time Wait, do that- they
0: slow down that
1: <laughs> right so yes. there's you know there's just got to be patient and that's that's my
0: advice <laughs> so a couple of questions do you have a signed agreement with them or are you still negotiating the we're term? still
1: negotiating yeah. we have our letter of intent is in place Uh, sign letter of intent and we are just finishing up the budgeting with that's what we're actually meeting again today talk about the final budgeting and the management agreement is done with the exception of adding some some exhibits of what we need to add in there for budgets and things so
0: so will this one be management fee and profit share Mm -hmm. yeah so both okay yeah it's a big big space yeah You know, I mean, you'll have to, I know you're kind of in the weeds, so I don't want to, you know, make you share a lot of details, but we were talking a little bit about it in advance. And I think it's because they're doing such an extensive build out, right. It's not a second gen space. It's not like down to the studs, start from scratch. Like, you know, you're talking about really trying to figure out what does the build out look like, you know, they want pretty high end. It sounds like they have big plans for the space yeah. How do you align your interests and make sure, right. You get what you need and they're willing, you know, without great that they want a beautiful space and want to spend on the build out, but generally in a management agreement that gets paid back and would come out of, you know, profit share. So there's a tension there.
1: That's what we're going to have some, some discussions around to find out exactly what, what is coming out of my budget, what payback is coming out of our, you know, my budget and what are they going to take on? Because there's um, tenant improvements for the entire building, and which is not the entire building does not encompass just me. There's a lot more to the building, so we'll have to figure that out. And it's a new one for them
0: too. So we're we're working through it, and we'll and that's get there. Probably part of what takes the time. So will you ever sign a lease again? I don't
1: think so. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to. I ne- never I learned. Say never. Early in my life, never to say never, but I really like the way the management agreement deals go. So far, so good.
0: Sometimes I am hesitant to mention your example because I feel like this is a lot of management activity in a small market, although it may be that you're in a smaller market that makes it work. I don't know you know, a couple of agreements with a landlord that you leased from, which is great. You knew who he was at least, although you probably didn't know him very well when you started talking about the management agreement and then, you know, this new building that's going up. But I love the story because it's like, right. Never say never. You don't, you don't know what opportunity is out there and they're probably excited to be bringing these amenities to the area.
1: They are. And, you know, and what's, what's fun too, is I'm getting more known in the area. We, I mean, we have a couple of other co-working spaces, but I have a, another company or sorry, another person who is involved with, we have several universities here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Big universities. And we have one person that's starting a, a new incubator type of program. And so she's excited to be a part of in our space. And that, that's what is, that's what fuels me is being able to support the small businesses in our community and all these phenomenal entrepreneurs that are just making some really cool things. And I have the best seat in the house. That's what I say to all my, I get to watch it all happen and unfold so much fun.
0: Um, I have a couple of tactical questions. How much energy do you spend on social media?
1: Not too much right now. I've gone back and forth and back and forth with this one. And I, you know, I was really good about it for a long time, but now are, we're lean. We're a very lean team and I have to make my priorities. And unfortunately that's just not one of them right now.
0: I, tried I, I, I asked not to, to judge, cause I guess that was the case. And it's a matter of you sort of 80-20ing, right? Like, well, look, where am I going to get the results? You you hired somebody who is doing your ads and your SEO and you're keeping your website all up to date as you add these locations and the social factor. I'm sure you would love to. And probably as you're working on this new building that maybe gets a lot of publicity, maybe it starts to become more of a play, but you don't need it to fill your spaces so far.
1: So far, I... for. For our location, yeah, and again, we're in. A, we may be in an anomaly. I'm not sure, but for our location, I'm not seeing the payback for the time and money I spend on
0: posting. I don't see the payback, but
1: I think it can. That I won't.
0: Yeah. So, on our April, it was April. April training. Kristen put together like a how I did this on some social media projects that folks had done. And I love hearing like really creative stories that people do. So Emily Knight, who's with the foundry, I think it's Collingwood Foundry, she's in Collingwood, um, which is outside of Toronto. They did this February campaign. It's a small market, lots of local businesses. They gave a gift certificate away from each business for twenty eight days, which was like a major undertaking, although they scheduled it all in advance, which she said she loved. She basically like didn't think about it for 28 days. I love stories like that, but I think oftentimes, that's why I like to talk about it on the podcast is I want people to think like, what is the ROI in the time? Or if you're paying somebody to do it, the interview I had yesterday, he said, you know, we paid somebody for a while. It was pretty bland, just didn't work. And so same thing. They, you know, they have a lot of SEO value. Um, so anyway, and then my other question, wait, SEO or no social media Yeah, team, how are you? I think one of the other challenges folks have in your shoes is like, you have a lot to do all of a sudden. So you have your husband, you get this part-time person. How do you handle yeah, yeah, it? I have a full-timer at, uh, Sullivan and then yeah. I have a, par, a part-time person at Sprague.
1: So Sprague just kind of runs itself. I mm-hmm. don't have to do much there, but at Sullivan, I also have another part-timer that just kind of comes in and helps. I just recently started having him come in for events okay. and help me set up for events
0: um, are on these the weekends. Paid these events days. that you're hosting?
1: These are events that are they rent our space out. Yeah. Okay. So on the weekends. That's why I'm saying I'm working the weekends. I would come in and okay. get these all the events all set up for them and la, la, la. Um so he's gonna start doing that and And then I have another, you know, a totally different staffing plan for the new location. Yeah,
0: because that's big.
1: And how do you get your finances done? I have a bookkeeper and a tax. guy. Okay, Okay. yeah. So the bookkeeper, my husband does the Liberty Lake co-working, and then the bookkeeper handles all of the verbity.
0: And when you need to create spreadsheets for your management agreement negotiations, do you do those?
1: I did the first one. And now, and I did the second one to, for the presentation. And so he's the owner of the, of the new location has taken my information and put it in his own spreadsheet, which I like much better than mine, to be honest. <laughs>
0: um, let him run his model and let his yeah, people do update. Yeah. Yeah. I need
1: them to understand it clearly on how they're doing, you know, so they can run it. They run it through their other businesses and stuff too. So yes, I do do my own performance, but. And I'm assuming that's what you're asking about is the perform. Yeah.
0: I just or... like to dig in a little bit to yeah figure out, I think it's, you know, the, the, how do we get everything done and right. You're doing pitch decks and spreadsheets, which takes time. And so, yeah, you're, and so you're, you're, com- I saw your first spreadsheet and I know you're comfortable with, with spreadsheets. So that's a huge benefit, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Think- and
1: then I also have a CFO that is a, you know, consultant is a, Anyway, he has CFO perspective is the name of his company. Oh. And so I run things by him. Like, am I, I need sanity checks on certain things or can you double check my formulas if makes, see if there's anything wrong here. Yeah, because That's not my forte. It honestly is not, but I'm getting better and better at it. But
0: so I always have him double check things for me. That's awesome. Kind of a, yeah, a, a sanity check on the team. And then you are a proximity user, is that right? I am, yeah. And really all the like locations her. will- run on proximity do your members have what kind of access do they have to other spaces that's a great
1: question flex users it's really easy to just punch punch them in or out or whatever location so punch you pass users can do it I'm having a difficult time getting my brain around how to allow them to use meeting room conference room space at other locations because it's different buckets and it's a different it's not I don't know. I can't. I can't describe the complexity of it, but it is more complex. Yeah. So I don't know how we're going to work around that. I would love for them to be able to
0: use all of it. Yeah. Do you use their door access? I do not. Okay. Curious. I always like to ask. I feel like these are the questions people are like, "Well, what is someone so using, and how is that working?" Right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Both locations already had door access. All three locations, and it's the same. So we use fobs to get in and out. Okay.
0: Got it. Okay. Anne, um, I have 75 more questions that I would like to ask you, <laughs> but it is the top of the hour. So I'm going to be respectful of your time. We might, I think for sure we have to do a part two because you have so much going on. And I think you. Oh, can Jamie, you're so funny. your perspective and your learnings. And, um, I mean, I'm sure you probably feel like you're drinking from the fire hose a little bit, but there's so much learning that comes out of that. So I can only imagine what your business will look like a year from now. So I, we would love to have you back. Thank you. With everything you. you have going on, for taking. Thank you, the time and I can tell
1: you this. without the support of anybody, all all co working operators, anybody I've ever reached out to has always been more than willing to help me, give me some advice, point me in the right direction, and that's one of the things I just love about this co working yeah. industry. So, yeah. but thank you for having me, Jamie. It's been uh, fun as yeah. always.
0: And I'll see you in person in a few weeks. Yes, I can't wait. Awesome, thanks, Ann. Hey there, thanks for sticking with us through the end of the episode. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please go leave us a review. It helps other folks find the podcast who are thinking about starting a co-working space or already operating a co-working space and are looking to stay up to speed on tips and trends. And we started a YouTube channel. We'd love to have you catch us on video. You can join us for podcast videos and Q&A videos and other things that we post to the channel. We'd love to see you there.